Hello, and welcome back to Mental Health Spot. This is your favorite therapist, only speaking. If you are under the age of 18, please consult with your parent, guardian, or a trusted adult before continuing to tune into my podcast episodes. I have brought back one of y'all's favorite. One of your favorite guests. Yeah, the ever controversial Fernando. Because really, y'all, it's Slim Pickens out here. We're in the middle of a pandemic. What you guys want me to do? I'm trying I'm trying to meet up with different people, actually, to interview them. But I have the most access to Fernando since he is my bae. So, Fernando, say hello. Hello, people. So, yeah, no, but uh, I love having Fernando on. I think, actually, his perspective is really refreshing. And it's typically in direct opposition to mine. So I think it's good to have various perspectives on here. I am interested, however, in interviewing more people. Um, if you are in the Miami area and you are interested in participating in my podcast, please let me know. Um, we can meet up, we can socially distance and we can, um, you know, we can sit apart from each other, but also, you know, record the episode. And, um, I'm really interested in bringing on a male therapist to interview. I have a female on here. She did great. Um, I love her very, very much, but I need a male therapist perspective on here. So please just let me know if you're interested. So with that being said, I have brought back Fernando so that we can discuss actually something pretty serious, which is um, this pandemic. And I've kind of been avoiding this topic a little bit because I think it's just too real right now, but it needs to be talked about. And so I want to talk about this pandemic. Um, It's been going on since March where things kind of you know, got out of control. But prior to that, there were cases and we just were not aware or it wasn't reported or what have you. Um, I want to go into how this pandemic has affected, created, or exacerbated mental health issues. Depression, anxiety, etc., I believe that the combination of different things have affected people differently. But I want to bring it back to you, Fernando. What do you think are some things that have contributed to people's mental health issues being on the rise during this COVID-19 pandemic? I mean, I think it's pretty obvious. Seclusion. People are quarantine themselves people are scared to leave their houses people are scared to socialize people are isolating themselves in their homes and single people who live alone are are affected the most because they have very little physical contact with people and you know the phone calls and web chats and facetime are not suitable alternatives for in-person interactions physical interactions with people Thank you, Fernando, for that feedback, and I couldn't agree more with you. Um, I think that what you're saying has a lot of truth to it. I really appreciate that feedback. Um, Definitely very true that for people that are single, uh, being alone all the time without having the option to really have constant access to people must be difficult. But I don't know if you've heard, Fernando, that a lot of couples 
married couples in particular are actually divorcing amidst this pandemic. Mm-hmm. Did you hear that? Yes. They are saying that there is such a thing apparently as too much togetherness and people are falling apart. Marriages are falling apart. Relationships are falling apart. What do you think that's about? Well, it's real simple. I mean, people have their differences, including married couples, and um, we're able to ignore or set aside our differences because we have uh, other things going on in our life, work, relationships with friends, family, and um, it's easy to avoid conflict with people when there's separation. But when you're stuck with a person for long periods of time without that relief, that stress break. The buffers. Without the buffers, then the conflict is constant and there's no place to to hide from it. And as conflict continues, it progresses, it becomes more aggressive. The feelings become deeper, the animosities come, become deeper. And before you know it, the differences are more important then the similarities and the problems are stronger and bigger than the reasons why you guys are together. And it just becomes no longer feasible or at least no longer desirable to stick together. There needs to be a certain amount of buffers. There has to be a certain amount of um, separation between people, no matter how much you love each other in order for us to just maintain sanity and for the sanctity of the relationship itself. Wow, thank you, Fernando. That was actually really well put. I appreciate that, and I agree with you. Um, I think that when you get, you know, caught up in, um, you know, work, like you said, friendships, social outings, family, etc., it sort of puts a little bit of a barrier it's like I said a buffer between you and your partner so that whatever issues that are there are not really brought to the forefront now with this pandemic and you spending a lot more time together it's bringing to the light perhaps all these issues that were being tucked under the rug I do believe though that if there are divorces or separations happening, breakups, what have you, I believe that this couple already had to have um, a predisposition to a breakup or a separation or divorce. Like they had to be toxic already and the pandemic just exacerbated the issues. I do not believe that a healthy couple would split during this time. They might get stressed. They have might have moments where they snap at each other or you know argue but a healthy couple that bounce back factor is still going to be there versus you know an unhealthy couple I think that um being forced to really spend time with each other and really face each other is is what's causing these um again separations I think that uh the understanding that we're just not as alike as we thought We just don't have as much in common as we thought. And uh, there could be deep-seated issues that, again, have been put on the back burner. So I think it's sad. It's unfortunate. It's really happening happening a lot. But uh, again, I want to validate that for single people, like you said, it's difficult due to the loneliness. 
At the same time though, if you are in an unhealthy relationship and you're spending all your time with that person, there's a certain amount of loneliness that accompanies that dynamic as well. Um, I don't necessarily agree with that. No? No. Why not? Talk to me. Because I think that just too much of anything, even a good thing, can get tiring. Really? I think think that uh, no matter how much you love pizza, if you eat it enough, you won't want to eat pizza again. And I just think that regardless of how healthy a relationship may be, we all need these escapes from the relationship. Of course. I agree. And these escapes are time with your friends, time with your family, Mm -hmm. time where you jog in the street, times where you go get a drink at the bar, whatever it is where you get to escape of course. some of the friction or negativity or maybe the strife or just to get a relief from um, you know, um, just to have a change when you are denied that and you're confined to a, a space with an individual mm-hmm. just the frequency of the company just the Frequency and the, this constant exposure to someone, even if the relationship is relatively good, can get boring within itself. <laughs> right. Like I said, you know, as much as you may like eating a particular food or reading a particular book or seeing a particular movie, the law of diminishing returns does apply. The more you have of something, the less you value it, the less you want it, to the point where you don't want it anymore. Got it. Well, I do see what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. It sounds like what you're saying is, I'm hearing you say that no matter how much you enjoy or love something, at a certain point you grow tired of it, which again, I see what you're saying. But what I was saying was not that people in healthy relationships don't need those outlets. You still need those outlets. The going for a jog, the going out with friends, family, et cetera, work, whatever. You still need those outlets. You have to maintain your identity. But in my opinion, if you're in the middle of this pandemic and you are forced to quarantine, if you are in a healthy relationship, yes, you're going to get tired. You're going to get bored. You may snap. You may lash out. But the likelihood of you bouncing back from that is obviously going to be a lot greater than someone who already had issues within the relationship. That's all I'm saying. Sheer logic. You know, it's it's. I'm not saying it isn't going to get difficult. It's going to get difficult because two people cannot agree all the time, even if they get along. You know, I have a large group, as you're aware, of really close friends that I consider family, and we do not all think the same, but my relationships with them are healthy. So again, there's going to be times of butting heads, but that's going to look different than the butting heads that occurs in a toxic relationship. That's what I'm saying. Okay. What do you think? I agree. Got it. So, I think also the combination of that loneliness, the not having access to your support system, um, and being able to see people that you love, but also a lot of people have lost their jobs as a result of COVID. So finances are strained for many. And a lot of people have lost loved ones as a result of COVID. And a lot of people have been sick themselves with COVID. And so all of these factors at play 
are largely contributing to mental health issues. Fernando, how would you say this pandemic has been for you? This pandemic has been difficult. I live alone and most of my days are spent by myself just working. And um, although if the pandemic was, if it wasn't going on, I would have more freedoms to go out and at least socialize with people. And I don't even have that option. Socializing is dangerous and um, it could be even deadly. So in order to take care of my health, I have to not only make sure that I isolate myself from people in my own home, but there's not even anyone in the home to interact with. And loneliness loneliness, um, can drive a person to depression. Loneliness can drive a person into having uh, you know, suicidal thoughts or committing suicide. Absolutely. And loneliness is a, a, a large killer. A large, a, a large percentage of people commit suicide due to loneliness. Absolutely, Fernando. So it's a real mental health issue. We need, absolutely, Fernando. Regardless of how many people may want to say um, idiotic things like "I don't need anyone," the, the fact of the matter is, we people people need people. Absolutely, Fernando. Whether you're talking about a loved one, a best friend, a brother, a sister, a mother, or just buddies, we need people. We are social creatures by nature. and Even the most antisocial person still needs somebody once in a while. still needs someone. Yeah. They need that interaction. They need that live response. They need something that just watching TV, television, texting, chatting, Facebook, and uh, FaceTiming just cannot replace, which is the feel the response and seeing a person in real life you forgot to mention fernando that i spend weekends with you so you're not always lonely she spends weekends with me (laughs) um well thank you fernando i actually really agree with that and i think you put that very well um but i wonder if you agree with this following statement do you think it's possible to be or feel lonely even when surrounded by people of course I love that you mentioned that that feeling of loneliness can contribute to suicidal ideations um, or intent or the act itself. Um, What do you think are some things that we can do, Fernando, to help people during this time, to help our loved ones during this time? What do you think are some things that we can do to um, support people? Well, even though like I said, telecommunications and video conferencing is not a suitable alternative to uh, seeing people physically in the flesh. It it is a means of communication. And if that is the only thing that you can do with another person, a loved one, for whatever reason, because of uh, sickness, underlying conditions, maybe distance between the two of you, at least engage in that. Um, Do not mistake the fact that a phone call or a video chat or an email um, for some people that may be all they need and for some people that may be exactly what they need and a little bit of kindness uh, to your loved ones and to the people who are more so isolated because of whatever circumstances you can literally save someone's life just by reaching out to them and if you can see people safely a friend, a family member, 
socially distance. I understand that staying six feet away from each other or wearing masks while in the company of another person might be uncomfortable, but um, the the need and for that person, for your company, and for you to have that person's company is worth the uh, additional precautions that you need to take. Um, sooner or later, this pandemic will go away. Hopefully. Eventually. Um, and when it does, we'll be able to assume our normal lives, but we have to make it through it. And part of making it through it is the social distancing, is the taking the precautions, mm-hmm. uh, sanitizing yourself. Sure. So um, wearing the mask. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, also making sure not to stray too far away from the communications of communicating with people who may need you because it's not only the virus that can kill you, the loneliness and the despair and the feelings of um, people not caring for you can probably do a better job of killing you than the virus ever could. Thank you, Fernando. Um, And last but not least, I got emotional listening to you, sorry. Um, Last but certainly not least, what would you say to someone right now, to one of my listeners or any of my listeners that might be hearing this right now and might be contemplating hurting themselves due to these feelings that you're describing? What would you say? Well, I'll say that this situation will eventually pass whether it's you know another month or another year hopefully it's not that long nevertheless it will pass don't make a permanent mistake over a temporary inconvenience because you can't come back once you uh, make that decision and it's not worth it because there will be a day not too far away where you'll be able to resume your normal life and don't feel sad, shy, and don't feel embarrassed in order to reach out to another person and ask for some sort of a support if you need to. You don't have to ask for it directly. I mean, you don't have to say verbatimly, I need your support. But if for whatever reason, loved ones are not contacting you, contact them. Make the Do the initiation. It's far better to swallow whatever pride that you may have to reach out to a couple of loved ones to get the type of camaraderie between them that you need to endure this temporary inconvenience as opposed to making a permanent mistake that affects you and everybody else. Thank you, Fernando. Uh, I think that was very well said and I agree with Fernando. Um, We really just want to validate how difficult this time has been for all of us as a, as a collective unit for different reasons. Again, losing your job, going through a breakup, being alone, living alone, um, experiencing COVID, losing a loved one to COVID. Um, th- there are an array of reasons that could contribute to mental health issues during this time. And we just wanna validate that these are difficult times more difficult for some than others but across the board everyone's sort of experiencing their own unique set of challenges as a result of this pandemic and so i invite you to be empathetic toward one another now is the time because for once we are all going through the same thing at the same time 
We are all experiencing the same thing at the same time. Maybe we're not all having the same response to the pandemic. Maybe uh, the the ramifications have been different for each of us, but we are all going through COVID-19 pandemic. We have that in common. Let's find some common ground. Let's connect. And if you are feeling suicidal, I just want to let you know that I'm available. You can reach out to me. I'm here. And this is a safe space. It is all love here. Because I know that it's not easy. I have felt that way before. Many times. And I have experienced clients that have felt that way. And so, with that being said, I just want to invite you all to reach out for support, not only to loved ones, although that's very important, to strengthen your support system as much as you can during this time, even if that's virtually, but reach out for for support. Make an appointment with a therapist. There are many therapists that are doing virtual sessions now. If you have insurance, a lot of therapists, um, a lot of visits will be covered by your insurance and you'll have a minor copay. If you don't have insurance, there's plenty of websites like Talkspace and BetterHelp that provide virtual therapy at a reasonable, affordable cost. Don't miss out on talking to someone. Worst case scenario, call the suicide hotline. The suicide hotline is available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Call them, it's free and you can chat with someone. And if you Google suicide hotline, you'll find that there's a website for it and you can even chat with someone via message if you don't feel comfortable chatting on the phone. If you don't feel comfortable chatting on the phone when you'd rather message back and forth because that feels better for you, then do that. So again, thank you all for listening. Know that I'm here to support you every step of the way. Fernando, thank you so much for participating. We love you. You're welcome. (laughs) He's so funny. And I'll catch you all next time. Thank you so much for following me on this journey.